Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Do you need a hand with video and YouTube content editing and production? Send some love to our newest sponsor, Vanzot Media, a freelance video editor and YouTube content creator that produces a wide variety of content such as audiobooks, audio dramas, podcasts, gaming videos, and interviews. Vanzot is passionate about entertainment and dedicated to helping others grow their name and brand. Check them out at facebook.com slash vanzotmedia. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T media. Facebook.com slash vanzotmedia. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. This is your weekend wrap up once again. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. What is what's going on? It is a uh, it's a late start for us for this weekend. We usually yeah. record Saturdays, but things yeah. just didn't happen There's that time. Stuff going on. We'll have this out for you today, so Absolutely. you guys don't have to to fear. We will have this out on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. We don't. We never made any specific promise of what time we'd have right. this we out. Just said so. weekend. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, we could release it next weekend and just, but no, no. Um, it's been a busy week for me. Do you know why? Or weekend, I guess I should yeah. say. No. Because uh, we're going to be in our new uh, recording space. Nice. This time, not this time next week, but I, I, I'm shooting for the following Monday. So not okay. tomorrow, but next Monday. So next week's main episode, we should be shooting in our... Brand new recording nice. space. It should be like our, our special housewarming edition. Yes, yes. I, I uh, I'll bring we'll, a plant. Yeah, we'll have to have some drinks to like. Yeah. Um, can we just like break a bottle of like? I, I just like, through the wall that just got rebuilt. Yes. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> no, it's been like I. We started down there. Yeah. We started this whole show nine, ten months ago down there, and then very few short months later or short weeks later um the whole place flooded and then they ripped up the floor and ripped out the walls and all that fun stuff and now it's finally got walls it's got carpet i already started putting curtains and stuff all that home decorating stuff that that people do i guess yeah yeah mostly (laughs) mostly to look cool as shit in the background right yeah because like if you see all my my pictures on they're like not centered on the wall they're like right justified or left justified and um, left aligned, whatever you call it, and my wife's like, "That looks stupid because it's not in the middle of the wall." It's like, "Yeah, but it looks awesome on my yeah, picture." Yeah, you look here. at it on camera. It looks yeah, awesome. it looks really cool. So, <laughs> so that's why we're running late right now doing this. So, yeah, but we're gonna get you your information. Don't worry. Yeah, we got good stuff. We do. <laughs> we have a lot of shit going on that's not really even being covered here. Yeah, because everyone seems to be focused on and. Texas. Understandably, the focused on the weather in Texas. I yeah. mean, we have sub-zero temps here. They have like 20 degree temps there, but their their shit isn't made for that right, cold yeah. of weather, apparently. Yeah. I actually had a friend of mine, and she was like, uh, 
and she has a husky like I do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's 40 degrees out, and I can't get the dog to go outside. <laughs> the husky's turned into that big of a fancy? I know. Fancy? I'm like, really? Your husky won't come back inside. I know. Inside. Mine's like 30 below, and my, my husky won't come inside. Like, are you coming out with me? I know. Come on. Come on. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, my dog's kind of, when it gets that cold, I have a German Shepherd. Like, she'll go out, and then... Like two minutes later, she'll be scratching at the door. Like, nope, yeah. nope, I want to come back in. Yeah, she's kind of a pansy too. But the, yeah, I imagine your husky probably is loving yeah, it. Yeah, and she's. I'm pretty convinced she's training for the Iditarod because <laughs> I'll I'll go out there, man. She'll just do laps around the yard, just like lightning speed. I'm just like, holy crap. So because of all this Texas stuff going on, which we're not going to cover today, no. because we're going to dig into that more on the main episode, because it's becoming overly politicized. Yeah, this whole weather, like crisis i guess you could yeah. call it this disaster in texas it's um it's yeah. overly politicized so we're going to take a look yeah. at that especially you know with the the whole green deal on the table and everything this is becoming coming of a, a hot potato issue yeah. so it's like well look at them look at texas look what's happening right yeah, now right and on both sides both yeah, sides are right. like well look at this and look yeah. at that but before i get too far into that i'm going to say we're going to talk about that on the main right. episode so Absolutely. We, we're not going <laughs> to dig into that at all just all that to say um not a lot in America's news that I could find, so we had to like go look through like Al Jazeera and uh, like BBC and stuff like that just yes. to find um, information on stuff that was going on on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's and it's. It, I I think that they're playing up the Texas thing a little bit too much, just yeah, because to uh, politicize it. Well, politicize, but also um, because uh, Joe Biden's out talking, and they don't want anybody oh, to listen God. to him. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> it's like n- nobody look uh, over there. It, it, it's like during his campaign, they got him to shut up for the most part yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. And now he actually has to get up and talk and talk to people and talk to other foreign uh, yeah, right. dignitaries and stuff. And, and allies. And, and, and it's just, it's not working out for no. him. So we are going to get into some of Joe Biden's like greatest hits for the week. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> before that, um, we haven't heard about COVID-19 enough in the news. So. Yeah. So we got this story. You had found this yeah. about. And I think it's cause to celebrate. I, I think it's going to get somebody off, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> so apparently, this John Hopkins doctor says the U.S. will have herd. Immu- um, ugh, I can't talk. Will have herd immunity by April because more than half have already been effect- infected. Man, yeah, I'm having a hard time reading and talking. <laughs> Which this is what Donald Trump was saying. Yeah, right back. Yeah, but like and everybody made fun of them. They're like, oh no, it's going to take yeah. this, this, and that, and how many people are going to have to die for herd yeah. immunity? Right. And this John Hopkins doctor has come out and um, saying that we should have that by April. Yeah. Which bad news for Pfizer. <laughs> like, because let's get into this, but I, I, I don't think he mentioned anything about the vaccine at all. It was no. all just about um, uh, the fact that over half the people in the country have already been, um, yeah, infected. Yeah. So this is from actually the Washington Examiner. It says the United States will reach a level of herd immunity to COVID-19 that will allow for a return to normal by April. That's bad news for everybody like <laughs> the Gavin Newsoms and the people out there that are saying, well, we'll yeah. never go yeah, back to right, normal. Right, right. Yeah. Th- this is the normal. <laughs> yeah. This is the new normal. You got to get used to this. Yeah. And the fact that maybe they're going to have to relinquish some of their um, dictatorship, state dictator powers. Right, like, yeah. Like they're trying to <laughs> claim that Gavin Newsom needs to leave office because of. Yeah. Um, it says, according to Dr. Marty Macquery, a professor at John Hopkins School of Medicine and Bloomberg School of Public Health, in a Wall Street op-ed, uh, Macquery noted that the number of COVID cases is down 77% in the last six weeks. I have seen little mentions yeah. of that, that it's like, Way majorly down. went down in the last couple of weeks and people are saying that that's because of the vaccine or this right. or that or because joe biden is saving the world exactly. obviously he claimed this is due to natural immunity among people who have previously been affected and the 15 percent of the population already vaccinated so he does attribute a little bit a to little bit yeah but mostly to the fact that over half of the people have been infected by it depending on the estimate herd immunity to coronavirus is thought to be when 60 to 80% of the population have been infected or vi- uh, vaccinated. So if we've had 50% infected and 15% vaccinated, you're looking at 65 there. Right. So that's higher than that 60%. Yeah. As more people have been affected, 
most of whom have mild or no symptoms, there are fewer Americans left to be infected. At the current trajectory, I expect COVID will be mostly gone by April, allowing Americans resume to normal life. And the problem with this that he's going to run into is this is buttonheads against the people that think we need 100% vaccination for this to go away. I'm surprised Facebook hasn't already started cutting this article. Or Google, (laughs) or um, surprised like uh, Dr. Fauci hasn't come out and said, oh, this is wrong, This this guy's a quack. Yeah. And that, that's why I said before I read it, I was like, sounds like somebody that's going to get yeah, right. potentially be offed because usually when you start button heads with the yeah. people that are making money in the medical realm, oh, yeah. you disappear real quick. Yeah. Imaginary suicide. Like you, you end up like drowning in a three foot, three foot yeah. waiting pool. Yeah. Shit like that. And, and you know, um, Trump and all the doctors that came out before and talked about, oh, we just need herd immunity. Mm-hmm. And then they got, you know, their, their website struck out. They're fired from their hospital jobs. Right. I mean, just you know, that one lady, they're like, oh, well, she's basically a witch doctor, yep, you know, yep. <clears throat> because of different yeah. um, more. I, I don't remember the, the medication that they oh, were. The hydrochloric yeah. they were saying. Yeah, know. she was the one pushing for that. And they called yeah. her like a witch doctor. Yeah. So it says Macri's analysis depends on the number of people who have been infected. About 28 million people in the U.S. have been infected, about 8% of the population. I thought he said over 50%. Well, keep going, keep going. Oh, Macri argued that the real number is much higher, possibly 55%, or about 182 million. And I agree with that. Yeah. We've talked about that on this show before, that right. um, the potential of a higher um, infection rate than what they're claiming, which would be more people have been infected, so yeah. it's a higher infection rate, but that would have to mean that the death rate is much, much lower if right. more and more people are infected. Right, which, again, goes against the narrative. Yes. Um, so there's a little more in here. It says experts agree that the number um, under undercount, the true number of people who have been infected, given that many people have mild or no symptoms and never get tested. But scientists that the Washington Examiner spoke with have said the real number is about four to four and a half times higher than estimate, which would mean 31 to 38 percent in the U.S. population, or about 104 to 126 million. There you go. So, I mean, it goes on and on and on. But like I said, this yeah. guy is saying that most most of it is attributed to um, over half the population he thinks having already been infected by it. Yeah. And only 15% being vaccinated. So, again, if if they're coming out saying, well, the only t- way this is ever going to return to normal is once everybody gets vaccinated or, like, what were they saying, like 80% of the population gets vaccinated. This yeah. is the only time. And this guy is coming out completely against that and saying, hey, we could be back to normal as soon as, what, April. That's, like, a month and a half from now? Right, yeah, yeah. So there's uh, apparently the other side of this is uh, a data scientist – you you gang goo. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Sounds made up. His COVID-19 models increasingly suggest the U.S. will not achieve herd immunity in 2021. Based on high numbers of people who are still hesitant to get the vaccine, new variants of the coronavirus that may reduce the effectiveness of vaccines and, and the delayed arrival of vaccines for children. Well, that's the... That's the um the other side of well, it that's yeah. coming out is, well, what about this strain or that strain? Right. Because... Like Japan said, just came out and said that um, their virus or vaccine was ninety nine percent effective, but almost immediately after they found another yeah strain of it that's more contagious. It's just like, does this shit ever yeah. end? And, and to me, the the politicians are gonna they're gonna cite goo. Oh yeah, <laughs> and not mention malarkey. Yeah, malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was his name, but sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> um. Yeah, Macri. Macri. There you go. Close enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're gonna go with whatever is the most. Which, yeah, it's gonna fall in their narrative. Yeah, yeah. Because because I've heard what um, Biden was even quoted as telling a a little girl that uh, she didn't have to worry about the coronavirus because um, there's no scientific proof that it's transmitted through children or that children are deeply affected. Right. And one of the things that uh, Goo talks about is that you know children haven't gotten vaccines and so that may. You know, yeah. I mean, that's been problems. the narrative for the last year is well, that the kids don't transmit yeah. it. That's why I mean, people are coming and really pushing back against the schools because it's just like there's never been any proof that this transmits that easily yeah. through kids. And so why are we shutting down the schools? Right. Yeah. 
So there's that. Um, do you think this guy goes disappears? Do you think they just turn him I, into a quack? I, I think they're going to turn him into a quack. Do you think anybody even listens to him? No, not in this, no. not I, in this administration. No, I, that's I, for sure. If they did. I think you'd see the story in CNN or whatever, and and we're reading it in the Washington Examiner. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that let's move on then. Let's move away from Corona. I mean, we haven't talked about Donald Trump in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's been a a I know. few minutes. I'm sure he he's feeling sad. Well, who came out? Who do we say? Like Lindsey Graham was saying. Oh yeah. Um, last week that Trump is like the face of the party. Right. Well, apparently not all Republicans feel that way. Really? Because um, anti-Trump Republicans are deciding that they might form a new party. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we going like? I, w- I would have thought it would be more on the other side, like right. Trump would Trump come would and form his yeah, own party. Right. Yeah. But apparently um, there's still enough people that are latched on to Trump's teat that um, <laughs> that they are sticking with that being the Republican Party. Huh. This says, as the U.S. Republican Party splinters over allegiance to former President Donald Trump, dissatisfied Republicans... And a faction of former Never Trumpers, they're still calling them themselves Never Trumpers. It's like he was, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Are discussing starting a new party. This is very much on everybody's mind. Is it though? It's not on my. Not really, this is the first time we've talked oh. about it. Oh, oh, oh! Bill Weld said this. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah. Wasn't he the one that ran for with Gary Johnson? Yep, yep. And he he's the one that came out and said that uh, Hillary Clinton would is the most qualified. Yep, he didn't even yep. endorse his there own. There you prince. go. Fucking Bill <laughs> Weld. The former governor of Massachusetts who attempted to run against Trump in the Republican primaries in 2020. He Oh, I he did. I didn't realize that. He was no. he did run with Johnson though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was the uh, the, the uh, Libertarian vice, yeah. VP back in yeah. 16. I would hope there would be some coalescing around the idea of a new party. I think it will happen, Weld told Al Jazeera. The divide among Republicans over Trump, evident during the 2020 campaign, has accelerated since the January 6th Capitol riot by Trump supporters. Here we go again. We gotta, we, go. we gotta throw that out there. Now the former president has attacked leading Republicans who have criticized him during the House impeachment and Senate trial that followed. <laughs> I haven't really heard anything from yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he said something about McConnell, but... I yeah, mean, it's he McConnell. called him a little bitch. But yeah, he is. I mean, it's not, it's not like, unlike Trump to call McConnell a little bitch. Right. He's been calling him it for four That's years true, now. Yeah. Trump called Senate... Here you go. Trump <laughs> called Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, a little bitch, uh, who had blamed <laughs> Trump for the January 6th attack... A dour, sullen, and unsmiling political hack. I like my version better. I do too. I feel like translated. Yeah, it would he, be he, a little he bitch. He called him a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> a dour, <laughs> sullen, unsmiling. <laughs> the guy never smiles, damn it. It's like, who doesn't do that? Why won't he smile? <laughs> and threaten to mount primary challenges to the candidates who don't back Trump's Make America Great Again agenda. Well, isn't that agenda like over? Is no. it, isn't it gone? You know, he says isn't he's he gonna going to keep away? it going. Of course. He says, yeah. On February 5th, a group of well-known Republicans participated in a meeting convened by former third-party presidential ticket Evan McMullen and Mindy Finn, who are now directors of a group called Stand Up Republic. The major topic, should disaffected Republicans break away or work to repair the party from within? Well, it, it's you you people's fault that somebody like Donald Trump even got to right. the spot he was in yeah. to splinter up the Republican Party. Exactly. It's people like you that couldn't figure your shit out and um, get on the same page with your party to begin with. Right. That That's how he got there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, you can blame Trump for well, the, the position that the party is in now. Yeah. But he wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't for people like you. Exactly. And it's like, you know, put decent candidates up instead of, like, Jeb Bush. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thought Jeb Bush was a good idea. No, I don't no. even think Jeb Bush thought no. Jeb Bush was a good uh, idea. Please clap. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no reason. Just because he has the last name Bush yeah, doesn't mean— right. I mean, nobody put Ted Kennedy up for, <laughs> for a presidential election because they knew he didn't have what it took. Exactly. I mean, he basically murdered somebody. Yes. So, um, no, I mean— 
all the other Kennedys ran, and they're like, nope, we're not going <laughs> to throw Ted. him up there. Not Ted. I, I feel like they should have thought about that, like <laughs> use that Kennedy example with Jeb yeah. Bush. It's like, really? Jeb, really, do we want Jeb Bush? You know Ted Kennedy by chance? <laughs> <laughs> Says those conversations have intensified since the Senate vote on February 13th not to convict Trump uh, of an incitement of insurrection. Our sense of urgency about the need to do something new in some capacity has only strengthened, McMullen told the Washington Post on Monday. Weld, who is a participant in the February 5th confab, I don't know what that means, said he and many others landed firmly in the sight of a new party. Do it. Good. Yeah, do it. But the, the only problem is people like the freaking Republican Party have been stopping third exactly. parties from existing yeah. <laughs> since third parties were a thing. Yeah. So, so for them to come out and be like, you know what we need? Yeah, right. We need a third party. And, and like, then they'll be like, and, and you know what? We deserve to have space on that stage, too. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how it's going to be. And it's going to be like, you know yep. what? Fuck you, because you haven't ironic. allowed you haven't allowed the Libertarian Party, this yeah. third largest party in the country, Right. A, a place on yeah. uh, the freaking now, debate now stage. Now you're going to get all pissed off and you're going to want to spot, and it's because it's, of you. It's not going to be they, they get all pissed off because it's those people that have been stopping it. They're oh, yeah. going to have immediate access yeah. to that debate stage. Yeah. Well, well, I'd be surprised if the old Republican Party gets a space on the debate stage yeah. next year. <laughs> so, like, the, the, the Trump Party doesn't have any place. They set up some rules if you, like, you have to, like, disavow Trump before right, yeah, ever getting exactly. on the debate stage. Says it's draining to stay within the confines of the existing party. You're just now realizing this, Bill? <laughs> Which is really truth deniers, a lot of them. Oh, God. Whereas finding, founding a new party would be exhilarating. <laughs> Why didn't you have this exhilaration, this excitement when you ran for... Oh, have you seen the picture of him down below? That, that's why. <laughs> oh, he's so exhilarating. Yes, yes. This is the same... I'm, I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure. Let me... About him running with yeah. freaking Gary Johnson. Let's see here. Uh, I feel like we should know this. I feel like it also. Gary? Yeah, Bill Weld, Libertarian 2016. Is it the same Bill Weld? Yeah, vice presidential nomination in 2016. Okay, yeah. just making sure. because He, he left keeps... the Republican Party to become the Libertarian Party running mate, and then he went back to the Republican Party. But th it's funny, Yeah, because he left the Republican Party to run against Hillary and Trump. Yeah. And then said Hillary was the most qualified yeah. for president, but then somehow went back to the Republican Party. Yeah. Well, and Evan McMullen, he left the Republican Party to run it for the Constitution Party um, back in 2016 because I, I followed him on Facebook because I liked some of the things he was saying. Uh -huh. And then he got all pissed off when Trump got elected, and he started going off the rails. Really, and so, um, and so, but he came back to the Republican Party as well. So it's like. These are guys that are have not been. I mean, you know, they they've been wishy washy with the Republican parties. Right. So, yeah, but just for Bill Weld to come out and be like, you know, it'd be really exciting to join a third party. It's like you were part yeah, of one, you, yeah. and you didn't even support that party. He probably that you just were thinks part nobody of. nobody remembers that. No, no, we remember you. We remember. <laughs> we don't want to. We wish we yeah, could forget right. the whole Jer Gary Johnson campaign altogether. Yeah. Because I mean, that was just a joke in itself. It was, but. So yeah, third party. Do you think? Uh, I mean, like I said, if if it has some of these like key players joining, right. like what if they get the Mitch McConnell into that party because he's a, not a Trump fan? <laughs> you know, I, I I wish they would <laughs> because I don't like Mitch McConnell. No, I don't either. But do you think if they have like you get high, some, high like, rollers real... like that, do you think they they immediately like no. overtake the Libertarian Party as? No. I don't think so. Do you think they gain any traction at all? Uh -uh. Or do they just split off and then say, nope, we're actually the Republican Party? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking about? Yeah. The, yeah. Real, the real Republican Party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see that hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> so this is interesting, the paragraph below. It says, a majority of 63% of Republicans and 62% of Americans overall say a third party is needed, according to a Gallup survey published on January 15th. That's the highest level of support for a third-level party among Republicans ever measured by Gallup. <laughs> That's because they realize how much bullshit both parties are. <laughs> exactly. And the, the, the fact of the matter is we've been saying this forever. Yes, The yes. fact that you people all of a sudden feel, oh, they don't represent us anymore. We've been saying this for years because yeah. neither party represents us anymore. But now— right. Members of Congress are like, you know, the Republican Party doesn't really represent us anymore, so we need to form a new party. It's like, yeah. that just shows 
that they don't care about their constituents, that they only care about themselves because yeah. nothing mattered until they felt disenfranchised because we felt it, and nobody gave two shits about third party, fourth party, right. fifth party. It yeah. was just, you know, all of a sudden it's just like, you know what? They don't represent us anymore. <laughs> The party isn't supposed to represent you. You're supposed to represent right. us. Yeah, exactly. that's That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So we are not even pushing time. That's Usually excellent. we are by now. I know. <laughs> but anyway, let, let's continue to maybe like transition, like still talking a little about Trump, Yeah. but not about Trump. Yes. One of his allies, which I've never even heard this name before. Have you heard no. of Eric Prince? I, I, not in real life. <laughs> I think he was a drug dealer in some, uh, some movies or and a stuff. male stripper. Or <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know, but this Trump ally. Suppose I like how they come out and yeah, say when, right. when somebody gets in trouble, they're like, "Oh, Trump ally, right. so and so." It's just like, but I've never heard of this yeah, guy right. before. Yeah. He and, wasn't a Trump ally when he was doing. And in truth, he probably is friends with a lot of people in Washington, like the Clintons, oh, yeah, the sure. Bidens, because he sounds like he's been around for a while. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he has connections all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, Eric Prince violated Libya arms embargo. You want to read this one? Sure. Uh, private security contractor Eric Prince, a close ally of former U.S. President Donald Trump, violated a United Nations arm embargo on Libya, U.N. investigators have found in a report. The confidential report, <laughs> confidential, to the Security Council obtained by the New York Times and the New York Post, and partly seen by Al Jazeera, just partly, <laughs> <laughs> on Friday. We only partly saw it, not the confidential. So we're, we're making up the most of this. Yeah. Um, you know, we're filling in blanks as we go. There's a lot of redacted lines, and we're just yeah. making, we're filling <laughs> we're, we're, in the Yeah, blanks. exactly, with what sounds good. It's like a like a, one of those limericks, you know, yes. when you like... Oh, yeah. What a, what, yeah. Uh, I need a verb meaning um, army. <laughs> or, or it'd be funny if it was all really redacted like that. It's like Al, Al Jazeera reports having partly seen. The document said the and in the end. <laughs> Great. And that's that article. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> um. <laughs> The Washington Post and part of okay, uh, Prince deployed a force of foreign mercenaries and weapons to renegade military commander Khalifa Haftar, who has fought to overthrow the UN-recognized Libyan government in 2019. Libya is a shit show, in case you didn't know. Well, this guy sounds like um, he's been doing this a while. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's a mercenary. Yeah, looking to throw the UN. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of have a. Uh, like respect for this guy if he's yeah. trying to overthrow a UN recognized Libyan <laughs> government. Like no, no. you know they were probably yeah. put in place. Yeah. Because uh, um who was who was the the, the Libyan guy? Um Gaddafi. Gaddafi, yeah. And yeah. he got m- murdered, right? Straight up. And <laughs> I I guarantee you this UN recognized is more of a oh, yeah. UN Right. established right. Libyan You're, government. Yeah. We'll, we'll, um, we'll put you in power, and you do what we tell you to do. Pretty much. And we'll go from there. And so this <clears throat> this guy sounds like a badass, because yeah. um, not only is he <laughs> running mercenary um, overthrow attempts right. in Libya right now, or yeah. as of two years ago, he was also part of Blackwater, which right. yeah. I don't know if and many people have heard of Blackwire. Yeah. There's a we reason should, we should do a special on that because that's a that's a fun uh, that's a fun topic. Yeah, that's um, Black Blackwater was kind of a private military. Yeah, it was basically like CIA privatized. Right, like they would go into Iraq and yeah, just kill people. Wait, you're jumping Assassins. ahead. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I know go that's ahead. the exciting part. But I know. I, I got excited. I'll, I'll let you read guy. that paragraph, though. <laughs> <laughs> the $80 million operation included plans to form a hit squad to track and kill Libyan commanders opposed to Haftar, Haftar. including some who were also European Union citizens. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You can read the next paragraph. Prince, a former Navy SEAL and brother of Trump's education secretary, Betsy DeVos, which I, I, I mean, is that what makes him. A Trump a- Trump ally is just right. he happens to be the brother of Betsy DeVos. That's actually probably it because that's all it said so far. Yeah. Says uh, drew infamy as the head of Blackwater private security f- uh, firm, whose contractors were accused of killing unarmed Iraqi citizens or civilians in Baghdad in 2007. You say that he was accused of killing unarmed Iraqi civilians, but you don't say all the badass things. I'm sure Blackwater right. did. Yeah, between. Yeah. They're forming and 2007 when they were disbanded. Yeah. So, go on. Okay. 
Four who were convicted were pardoned by Trump last year. The accusation exposes Prince to possible U.N. sanctions, including a travel ban. Prince did not cooperate with the U.N. inquiry, and his lawyer declined to comment. Al Jazeera's Christian Salumi reported that from Washington, D.C., uh, said the report's findings go deeper. The U.N. report raises the question not only of whether or not a close associate of a former president violated an international arms embargo, but also of whether or not the president himself was complicit oh in the final state U.S. policy. Are you serious? <laughs> right. So yeah. now, now somehow this turns into, well, we're not sure if he acted alone or if, right. the, if Trump himself was complicit. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should impeach Trump a third time. <laughs> I, they really do. I, I feel fantastic. like this needs to happen. This just yes. needs to be an ongoing, like, yeah. kind of uh, like uh, the, uh, what's that freaking car race movie where they have, like, Tokyo Drift and stuff. Oh, like. yeah, 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 yeah. The fa- Fast and Fast the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need, uh, even though Fast and the Furious has been taken too much by yeah. uh, Obama oh, because yeah. of his Fast and Furious Oh, right, right, yeah. Thing. I'm sure that was But we need that ma- Yeah, we need that many yeah. um, Trump sequels. Trump Impeachment 7. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get to the point where they stop numbering. It's yeah. like, Trump Impeachment, the final stand. Yeah. <laughs> Trump and Obama. The Trump impeachment. Movie. Trump in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> Trump drift. <laughs> so just I, like nothing here says anything really about yeah. Trump to me. Just no. the fact that he happened to be related to Betsy DeVos and for them to be like, we're not sure if the president himself was complicit in defying stated U.S. policies. Yeah, there's a lot of um, speculation here. Um, they go on. Um, let's see here. It says, um, okay, so Al Gomadi, director of Libyan think tank Sadek Institute, uh, said that using military, private military contractors can allow leaders to deny involvement in conflicts. Yes, we've seen all the movies. Uh, People like Arab Prince currency goes right up. And the real aspect here, as we've seen with Russia and the Wagner Group, interesting, I'll have to look that one up. Uh, and how we've been deployed in several theaters, including Libya, in that they offer a beautiful, eerie, and in fact disastrous kind of deniability. Do you know what else? Not not even just yes. private mercenaries like this. The CIA. How oh, often yeah. do they go in with unmarked All uniforms? The time. All the time. And they 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 know. Yeah. If you get caught, we're not claiming you as ours. Oh, you're, yeah. you're not one of us. So well, it they they say, oh, it's. It's really dangerous having private military contract or contractors because they can allow uh, mm-hmm. leaders to deny involvement. The CIA, we deny involvement in everything the they do all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, well, that uh, clip I sent you from the podcast where the lady was saying how every president from Kennedy has had their own little special secret. black ops unit that would, you know, c- can do stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. And so, so for them to point fingers just specifically at, well, Trump has these connections with the, yeah. these private military contractors, but every president has their own hit squad. Yeah. It's the CIA. Yeah. Uh, it goes on and says, to what degree did Trump help facilitate the, this war alongside <laughs> Eric Prince? <laughs> and more importantly, whether or not Eric Prince was coordinating with the Russian Wagner Group mercenaries in Libya and has helped them establish a foothold in the way he helped the U. United Arab Emirates establish a foothold in Libya. Again, I need to look that up. Yeah, Oil-rich Libya has been torn by civil war since a NATO-backed uprising led to the toppling and killing of Gaddafi. Uh, the country in recent years has been split between a government of national accord in Tripoli, backed by Turkey, and an eastern-based administration whose forces are led by Haftar and backed by Russia, so, the UAE, and Egypt. Interesting. So again, one of these like countries where multiple outside countries have their own... Right. like. More proxy uh, war stuff, just yeah, like Syria. Because we all have our special interests in this area. Yeah. So the UAE and Russia in Egypt have one little section that of government, and then like Turkey and yeah. other administrations have this other section. It's it, it's just a mess. Yeah. Since Gaddafi was taken out, it's yeah. just been a mess. I think the reason why that um, okay, and this is this is total speculation, but the way that they're the reason why they think Trump may be affiliated in this. Is because in 2019, I guess Trump praised Haftar uh, for His something. Name. The name is so. <laughs> who has faced who faced accusations of war crimes in Israel and fighting terrorism in Libya? So Trump comes out and says, "Yeah, Haftar's done a good job," and everybody's like, "Okay, Whoa. so Trump supports Haftar. Right? He wants to take it, even though Turkey is a U.S. ally. Yeah, and well, I guess Egypt is too. So I guess Trump's kind of was caught in the middle. The United States is caught in the middle on this. Always. So always." So, 
says a new interim executive for the country was chosen February 5th. Yeah, by the what, February fifth again. Yeah. This February fifth was a thing in the last in yeah it was. thing that we read. Interesting. By the Libyan political dialogue forum in Switzerland, comprising of seventy five percent participants selected by the UN to re- represent a broad cross section of society. Again, the UN there, getting their their nose. Seventy five participants. Do any of them come from Libya at all? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. Haftar has pledged his support for the initiative. So, again. It's just a mess that we don't need our hands yeah. in. And, and we have this uh, private mercenary that's been trying to overthrow Haftar's government. Is yeah. That what is, is, or was he support, in well, support of Haftar? Yeah, no, he was in support of Haftar. He was taking out uh, people that were against him, oh, against okay. Haftar. So that's why they think that uh, that Trump may be involved. Right. So them taking... Um, but I'm going to save this article to read more later. Wait, because we need to dig into Libya more. I agree. I think that's uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah, that and um, Syria. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on in Syria right now. Yes. So we have ramping up almost immediately since Biden took yeah. office. There's like all these ramp ups going right. on. It's like everybody seems like they want yeah. to kill everybody. <laughs> it, whereas it seemed like Trump was kind of getting things wound Appeasing down there. Like, yeah, yeah, like oh, peace treaties. UAE is is letting people on cell phones talk to Israel. And yeah. now all of a sudden, it's like all there, there's all this conflict again. Yeah, because Iran was like a big thing a couple weeks ago. Like yeah. We had all the stuff to say about Iran. This week, it's Syria. Apparently, a former prosecutor, what's his name? I don't know. We'll get there. Former prosecutor <laughs> says, more evidence of war crimes against Syrian President Assad than there was against the Nazis. That's a, that's a, that's a bold claim. That is a bold claim, and I, I messaged you this article, yeah. and I said, so are they ramping up war against uh, Syria, or are they blatantly denying the Holocaust now? <laughs> are yeah. they now Holocaust deniers? <laughs> and I think we both agreed we think they're ramping up for war. Yeah, and a statement like that, though, has so much emotional like, oh, yeah. triggering behind it. Absolutely. Saying, oh, there's more here than um, against Assad than there was against the Nazis. Yeah, you could use that on either side because if somebody were to come out and say there's more evidence of genocide in China right now than there was evidence oh, yeah. against the Nazis, you get kicked off, deplatformed immediately. Absolutely. You'd be a you'd labeled be a Holocaust. Corona. Yeah, you'd be labeled <laughs> Holocaust denier. Yeah. You'd be labeled um, anti-Semitic and, right. and all this stuff. But yeah. on the side of hey, we need to go to war against these people. Yeah. You can say that and say hey, there's more evidence against Assad than there was against the Nazis. Yeah. And like we were saying, I mean, where where do you draw the line with that? Right. You can use that for literally any <laughs> Yeah, anybody. because the emotional yeah. connotation behind it. Like right. you can really spark whatever feelings you want by saying Yeah. By addressing the Holocaust right. or or Nazis. Yeah. You can call somebody a Nazi and you can get people pissed off at you for calling people Nazis, or you can get people to rally behind you by calling people Nazis. Exactly. It just really kind of depends. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It is, it really is. <laughs> it goes both ways. So it says Stephen Rapp, who served as the U.S. ambassador for war crimes issues, says if he ever goes to trial against Syrian President Bashar Assad, it will be a slam dunk. And now, do you think he said that over dinner and drinks? I mean, how does that conversation even yeah. come up? You think uh, anybody specifically asked him about that? I don't know. I just happened to throw that out there yeah, in the media. Drinks. Oh, like, by the way. <laughs> the former war crimes prosecutor says a trove of evidence has been amassed against the Syrian president is even stronger than that the Allies used to convict Nazis at Nuremberg. The Nazis were famous for documenting their atrocities, but he says even they didn't take photos of individual victims with identifying information. There are thousands of photos of victims tortured to death by Assad's minions, in addition to paperwork linking their murders to the Syrian dictator. I didn't know any of this stuff. Uh, is that, I mean, where would you find this? I don't know. <laughs> Scott Pelley reports on these crimes in the photographer who risked his life to expose them to the world on the next edition of 60 Minutes. I don't Which care. I will not be watching No, that. Over 250,000 civilians have perished in the uh, okay, Syrian civil war. Okay, that's not Nazi numbers. No, but they're saying there's more evidence gotcha. to accuse him because of the photos of the victims gotcha. and all the, the um, identifying information that they had, which the Nazis didn't keep a lot of that information. Okay. says, we have murder, we have... Extermination, we have torture, we have rape, we have other forms of sexual violence, we have cruel detention, 
We have mutilation, says Rap, who has prosecuted war crimes since Sierra Leone and Rwanda. Assad's regime documented the events in the files that have been abandoned in war zones. More than 900,000 have been smuggled out and archived by the Independent Commission for International Justice and Accountability. So why aren't we, if, if there's right. all this evidence right. against it, why yeah. haven't we done anything yeah. about it? Exactly. That, to me, that sounds like a bigger crime. Yeah. So it says, RAP chairs the commission, which is largely funded by the U.S. and European Union. There's no question they lead all the way to President Assad. I mean, this is a top-down organized effort. There are documents with his name on it. Clearly, he organized this strategy. I can't imagine there are documents that's just like, murder <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Signed, Assad. Assad. Okay, sir, we have your uh, your daily murder reports. Can you sign off on these, please? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, here, I got that. And, and here's here, pictures. And here. Can you sign the, Can you autograph this photo yeah. here, too? <laughs> I, like I said, it, it sounds like yeah. all of a sudden all this information's coming out right. against... Yeah. Where was its information? Yeah. Uh, even even Six when, weeks ago. Even when Obama was going balls to the wall, bombing and, and, and giving weapons to, to the rebels and um, to ISIS to fight Assad. Right. You know, they didn't have all this evidence. You right. know, they, they, there was that one chemical attack, and that was it. Yeah. You know. Well, then he said, if this happens again, we're going to – we're yeah. drawing a line in the sand. Right, yeah. And then yeah. it happened again. He's like, we're going to bump the line back further. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to draw one more line, and that's it. <laughs> Don't uh, make me tell you again. <laughs> it was just uh, that, that pansy kind of like – Yeah. But now his protege, freaking Joe Biden – it seems like there's all this stuff coming out. It's like, yeah. oh, look at all this evidence that we've had that that's worse than yeah. the Nazis. It's like, where's World War Three then? Yeah, right. Because right. when it was the Nazis, I guess it wasn't really the genocide that got everybody outraged against the Nazis. Right. It was the the taking over right. of other countries. Yeah. It was Hitler stepping on toes. They didn't even know about the Nazis and or the the Jews and concentration well, camps until much d- later. I, I I have a feeling if they did. It would come out as, well, that's just their culture. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. when they're stepping on other people's toes, that's oh, when yeah. it's just like, well, those are our allies. We can't let you um, Oh yeah. Well, we can't you, let you, you had, take that over. You had Jews trying to get into the country. All right. And and Roosevelt sent them back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think the genocide alone no. would have been enough to spark World War Two. No. I think it was the more the the emp- empire type yeah mentality that right. uh hitler had of taking over all these other countries and like pushing into france and yeah that's what got people really nervous about him taking over all of europe and yeah. affecting their financial interests not i mean you, you kill a few that that that's that's cultural norms and we'll get into that too because uh biden had a lot to say about cultural norms um this last week but anyway do you think um, you think this is gonna? I asked you about the Libya thing. You think yeah. this is gonna ramp up quick? I do. I do. Like. I think um, I, again, you know, you have these proxy wars going on. So you're, you're in direct conflict with Russia. You're in direct conflict with um, you know other Middle Eastern countries that are yeah. you know providing support for right. Assad. You know, right. Assad is backed by by Russia, by Iran, by China, and right. you know the U.S. has been in there with Turkey fighting and trying to help human rights. Oh, of course. And so, yeah, you're putting yourself in direct conflict, and you're just creating this huge, huge boiling pot in the Middle East again. Yeah. Yeah, something that we thought was winding down. Right, yeah. And people were um, starting to... I I guarantee you that, um, you know, ISIS or these freedom-fighting guerrillas are going to start getting weapons from the United States again to go up against Assad. Well, it's never stopped, I'm sure. No. So we just haven't heard about it. Well, ISIS made a surprise comeback the day after Joe that. Biden's yeah. inauguration, so <laughs> that just kind of set the stage for, hey, hey, we're back, bitches. <laughs> Speaking of, we are, we are back. That's a good. That's a good transition. That's a good segue. I like that. Yeah, because basically, Joe Biden said, "We're back. The United States is back on the world stage." That's right. With yep. this article by. Joining, rejoining the climate deal. That's how we're back on the world yes, stage. It's yes. not not our military being back, which I'm sure that's back too. Oh, I'm, absolutely. But because we are back in the climate deal, he yeah. says, guess what? We're back. Says, um, U.S. president says he is determined to re-engage with Europe in reversal of the Donald Trump isolationist foreign policy. It wasn't necessarily isolationist. It was yeah. a, 
Um, hey, we got to look out for ourselves. Right, yeah. It was America first. In his first big appearance on the global stage, President <laughs> Joe Biden promised the group of seven, G7, leaders during the virtual Munich uh, security conference that the United States was committed to multi... <laughs> I almost read that as mutilated. <laughs> it, well, it is going to be mutilated. <laughs> Multilateral engagement. <laughs> mutilated engagement, including the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. Good Lord, my reading skills are drastically declining today. America is back, he said. On Friday, you remember that oh, "We're Back" dinosaur yeah, yeah. cartoon? <laughs> That's what this reminded me. Yeah. Of. We're back. Well, Biden is a dinosaur. That's true. He said on Friday, breaking away from his predecessor, Donald Trump's isolationist okay. foreign policy. Was it really isolationist? Again, we—that's what no, we said. He intera- We we still dealt with other countries. He just ah. cut away from deals that did not benefit the United States. Right, like the World Health Organization right. or like the Paris Climate the Paris Accords. Climate. <laughs> those, those things that yes. didn't really financially benefit us in any right. way that we were fronting the bill for said uh his isolationist foreign policy that saw the u.s withdraw from significant global agreements and alliances our partnerships have endured and grown through the years because they are rooted in the richness of our shared democratic value <laughs> god i can't even read some of the shit he says with keep a straight face they're not transactional they're not extra extractive they're built on a vision of the future where every voice matters. Every voice. Biden told U.S. allies that they must stand firm against the challenges posed by China. Man, uh, we just don't have the fun saying China. the word China with no, Biden's Because you know he doesn't say it as good as no. China. Yeah, no, he China. definitely does not. He does not have the right emphasis. No. <laughs> um, it says, posed by China, Russia, and Iran, saying Russia was seeking to weaken the transatlantic alliance and calling for a united front to counter what he called China's abusive economic practices. Biden arrived bearing gifts, a $4 billion pledge of support oh, for global coronavirus vaccination That's going to make him everybody's friend. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to get a global yeah. peace prize, hands oh, down. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna write off Germany's debt to the uh, to NATO also. Oh, probably reentry of the U.S. into the Paris Agreement or Climate Accord, uh, and the prospect of nearly two trillion spending <laughs> measure that could bolster both the U.S. and global economies. Oh, I'm sure it's gonna bolster our economy. So we're going to <laughs> now bail out the global economy. Absolutely, with two trillion dollars a month. After Biden took office, the world's largest economy and second largest carbon emitter, emitter was formally back in the 2015 Global Agreement, aimed at confronting the planet's dangerously rising temperatures. Well, it won't be the world's largest economy anymore. No, no, not for long. The re-entry of the U.S. means that the Paris Accord, again, includes virtually every country after uh, Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump, made the United States the sole outlier. Biden first met G7 leaders from the UK, France, Germany, Italy, Canada, and Japan by video conference on uh, Friday. I'm curious, is China and Russia and Iran part of the Paris Climate Accord? It doesn't sound like it. I don't think they would. I so I, again, you you're you're handicapping the yeah, United States, right. you know. Oh, absolutely. Al Jazeera's James Bay's, even if they were, even if Russia and China were part of this, oh, do you think they're going to follow no, the regulations? No, yeah. no, absolutely not. James Bay's reporting from the United Nations in New York said Biden's speech signaled the U.S. return to multilateralism or mutilationism, <laughs> as, as I said before. America's back was the main theme of the speech, a theme of global cooperation and also of the U.S. standing by Europe's side. Do you Europe's think he uh, showed up like uh, James Brown in Rocky IV with the big Uncle Sam hat? Oh, and yeah. James Brown singing Living in America? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he did like the whole like throw his arms out like this, like, we're back! And everybody's like <laughs> cheering. says he was clear when he spoke about China and Russia that this new Biden administration was going to stand up to them. How does that work? <laughs> when Trump has been trying to stand up against China... For four years, that was yeah. his biggest like enemy. Yeah, was well, pushing against China, and everybody said how yeah bad that was. How right. whatever, whatever. Well, and you know, Biden went a long way with that by stopping all the uh, exploratory oil 
drilling and the, oh, yeah. uh, the closing down the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, it boosted Russia's oil production and economy uh, absolutely. instantaneously. Probably Iran's too or oh, wherever. Absolutely. Whatever oil enriched uh, countries are over there. Yeah. It says, but also on key issues like COVID 19 and the climate crisis, work together with them too. A shared commitment. European Union Executive Ursula von der Leyen. It's a very European Union name. Yes. <laughs> Ursula told the conference that Europe and the U.S. should join together in the fight against climate change and also agree to a new framework for the digital market, limiting the power of big tech companies. Oh, great. A, a EU-sponsored limiting of power of big tech companies. Right. That just sounds like we're going to <laughs> rein them in, rein right. in these big tech yeah. companies right. to only include the things we want them to include. Yeah. You know that it's not something that Trump or uh, Biden got elected on. No, no, that wasn't his platform. <laughs> I am sure a shared transatlantic commitment to a net zero emission pathway by 2050 would make climate neutrality a new global benchmark. Here we go. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. The whole um, Great Reset, yep. Green New Deal, whatever you want to yep. call it. We're back in that. Yeah. Which we've been, we predicted that since day one. Even before that, we were like, He's not coming out and saying his policy, so we're just going yeah. to speculate on what we think his policies are going to look like. Right. And we're going to get back in this, and we're going to get back into that, and yeah. this is where they're going, so yep. that's going to be where we're yep. going Build to Build back better. Yep. Together, we could create a digital economy rule book that is valid worldwide. So they're going to rein in Bitcoin. A set of rules based on our values, human rights, and pluralism, inclusion, and the protection of privacy. <laughs> That's funny. That's a funny one. That's a good one. President, uh, French President Emmanuel Mar Macron, Macaroon, told the leaders that Europe and the U.S. should, without delay, send enough COVID vaccine doses to Africa to inoculate the continent's healthcare workers or risk losing infection. Influence to Russia and China. I feel like they just want to do a lot of experimenting in That's Africa, right, too. Like, yeah. like we have forever. <laughs> yeah. If we announce billions today to supply doses in six months, eight months, a year, our friends in Africa will, under justified pressure from their people, buy doses from the Chinese and Russians. And the strength of the West will be a concept and not a reality. So we're basing the fact that we need to send vaccines to Africa on our strength over China and Russia. Yeah. Right. Not on the fact that, oh, people are dying over right. there. We need to we yeah. need to push for it. We're we're <laughs> we're only saying this because, well, if we don't do it, the Chinese and Russians right. are gonna yeah. send vaccines and we don't want yeah. them <laughs> taking over that kind of right. power. Yeah. How fucking selfish is that? Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. It's clearly politicizing this vaccine. Oh, and yeah. like Well Ma Macron's not made any secret of the fact that, you know, I mean, he doesn't really care about no. Africans. Right. Know? I mean, it, it's all about power for him. Right. It's like, why aren't you sending all this yeah. stuff? It, it just blows my mind that he would actually come out and say, not even mention, oh, that they, they need this there, that yeah. their economy can't support it. They don't have their own vaccine. They need right. it. But for him to come out and say, well, if we don't do it, the Chinese and yeah. the Russians will. Yeah. And can we because, imagine that kind of power? Because there's this company that produces it that's like 56% effective. We'll send yeah. that one to them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll test that out on them. A new chapter for her part, <laughs> German Chancellor Angela Merkel said Germany was ready for a new chapter in transatlantic relations, which yep. there you go. Biden's letting them off the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had said it. Uh, her and Trump were arch enemies yeah. for his entire thing because he called her out every step of the way. Yeah, exactly. In our principles, in our values, in our faith, in our democracy, and its ability to take action, we have a broad, good foundation. There is much to be done, and Germany stands ready for a new transatlantic chapter where you're fronting all our bill again. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, UN Secretary uh, General Antonio Gutierrez called for the launch of a global vaccination plan under the auspices of the group of 20 leading economies to help head off the coronavirus pandemic. So a lot of this comes back to coronavirus pandemic and the oh, vaccination yeah. somehow. It, it's all going to be based on the, the grand pandemic to yeah. save lives. Yeah, we need to draw up a strategy along with overseeing the sharing of excess dosages between nations, which could help poor countries to stem the crisis and keep those dirty Russians and Chinese from coming exactly. to more power. Exactly. 
That's enough of that. Like I said, we are back on the stage, the world world stage, yep. as it said. And, and even Boris Johnson came out and was like, I'm so glad the United States is a leader in the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So He's such a kiss-ass. He is. We're about out of time, but I didn't want to go away without mentioning um, the stupid shit that uh, freaking uh, Biden said this week. I lost the article. Where'd it go? Oh, here. here. Um, this um, talks about the... The comments that he had made over China, and oh, I right. and I had kind of briefly mentioned that earlier, yeah. how um, we just think we we just misunderstand them. Yeah, right. <laughs> how if we would have said that about the Nazis right. in Germany? Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like well, and if Trump said that about China, could you imagine the hell that would be raised? Well, yeah. And instead, Trump's last act was condemn China for these actions, and nobody and he said called anything it about genocide. It. He did in call his it last genocide. Day. And I even pointed it out on Facebook, and someone was like, oh, well, it's about time. It's been in his face the whole time. Like, who else has said it, though? Exactly. Nobody. But again, like, if China was on a world conquest of our um, our financial interests, it would be a different story. Right. Just like I, like I said, if the Nazis hadn't been on a, a conquest, we would have probably, like, turned a blind eye to the genocide right. there. Yeah. It says, while calling on GOP lawmakers to pursue a bipartisan strategy— uh, to confront China, China, China. Uh, former secret, former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, McMaster accused President Biden of bigger bigotry masquerading as cultural sensitivity. That sounds right. That yeah, it does sound right. <laughs> McMaster was responding to comments the new president made this week that appeared to provide an excuse for China's genocide against the Uyghur Muslims and other ethnic minorities. In a CNN town hall Tuesday, Biden stumbled through a recounting of his two-hour phone call with Chinese President Xi Jinping, during which the two leaders discussed the issue of China's human rights violations against Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities in Xinjiang. Xinjiang. Biden said that historically China has been victimized by foreign powers when it is not unified and explained that this is Xi's rationale for exerting tight control over his people. That's not not tight control. No, that's not at all. That is blatantly like (laughs) um, undoing them. Right. I mean, he's not like killing them specifically, but he's with his forced um, sterilization and stuff. He's just uh, exterminating them. Yeah. Says culturally, there are different norms that each country and their leaders are expected to follow. Biden said, a line that was quickly criticized by several GOP lawmakers and pundits. He also said the U.S. will reassert his role as a champion of human rights and that China will face consequences for the atrocities. But those lines got less coverage and attention. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Them taking a president's speech out of context and saying, hey, you said stupid shit here. Yeah, It's just nice to know that it's not like one way. No, no. And for that, this article would be like, well, it got less coverage. That's kind of like when uh, Donald Trump said there's good people on both sides and then condemned as a white supremacist for the, the white rest supremacy. of his life. No, but he oh. condemned white oh, he supremacy. Did. Yes, yes. But said there was good players on both yeah. sides. But he was he was called out as being a white supremacist for the rest of yeah, his life. Yeah, because, because he that. said that, even yeah. though he specifically condemned it. So yeah. for Biden to say, "Oh, it's just cultural different norms." Yeah. But we're going to condemn that. Like, yeah. But that that got less but, coverage than and attention. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how the media works. Yeah. That's how biased media works. Yeah. But but here we're being fair and we are giving you the full story. Yes. <laughs> Says, but it's much more complicated, Biden said in a town hall. I shouldn't try to talk China policy in 10 minutes on television. If only Biden had taken his own advice. On Thursday, McMaster criticized Biden's comments on the Uyghurs while virtually addressing in a meeting of the Republican Study Committee. God, how many fucking committees do we have? We have a Republican Study Committee? Uh, yeah. A group of 150 conservative GOP lawmakers led by Re- Representative Jim Banks of Indiana a few reporters were invited to join the virtual meeting. McMaster's comments were on the record. President Biden on the town hall, I made, I mean, he made a big mi- mistake, McMaster said. He's like, well, they have different cultural norms. You could call that b- bigotry masquerading as cultural sensitivity. And I can understand why, why he would yeah, say this. Right. It sounds pretty... That, that's Joe Biden in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not being culturally sensitive yeah. to, to even... As- make the assumption that oh that's just cultural norms yeah. we we can't really butt into that there yeah so but do you think that 
you know, he says that they're going to condemn it. They're going to they're going to do a hard line on it. Do you think they really will, or nah. do you think they're just going to let it? It's going to be an Obama sweep under thing. the rug and until until it starts affecting us yeah. somehow. Right. We won't make a yeah. make a stink about it yeah. until um, China pushes back against you. The U.S. is um, um, financial interest. Right. We're not going to we're not going to poke that bear. Yeah. Well, and, and you know Biden again is like Obama, where you just keep pushing that line back, yeah. back and back. You know, right. because you don't you don't want to poke the bear. Yeah. You Especially know, if uh, certain members of family have financial vested interest exactly. in the Chinese Communist yeah. Party. Right. Then, yeah. Then we're definitely not going to poke that bear. Right. But yeah, I I see that it's going to keep getting swept under the rug like it has been all last year. Right. How, like, the NBA we've talked about oh, yeah. came out. Oh, there's so much China money out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, Disney got slammed because, you know, they filmed Mulan in that same Providence. Oh, okay. And, you know, and um, what was it? Oh, and they were talking about uh, the new Top Gun, how, uh, you know, they had to take off one of the patches on Maverick's jacket because it showed that he fought against the Chinese during... Are you serious? Yeah, and so because of Chinese money, they removed the patch from the jacket because they didn't want to give negative exposure to China. Wow. Yeah. And that's for here in the U.S.? or yeah. Oh, yeah. China. I, there's a lot of Chinese money in Hollywood. So. Wow. <laughs> that, that blows my mind. Yeah. I, I, I could see them having it removed to air it in China. Right, yeah. But for them to remove it yeah, for U.S. production. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of um, <laughs> money coming in from there, yeah. and that's why I don't feel like, unless it's like blatantly in our faces, yeah, it's ever going to get addressed because yeah. it's just like, oh, another people group is fighting against another people group. Yeah. It's I, like, I don't, I don't think they'll ever address anything. No, I mean, e even if it is against us financially in some way, I, I think I don't. Biden's not going to do anything. No, he'll not. he'll pick the fights he can win against. He would Syria and Libya. Now, if China was to somehow come out and threaten some of our financial institutions in any way, he would use that to pull us into war with China. Right. Just like we used the Holocaust to pull us into war against Germany, yeah. he would be like, "Well, we must go to war with them because this, this, and this." Kind of like um, with Assad. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, thinking about it, I don't, and maybe this is a conversation for a bigger show. I, I don't think we'll ever see a world war again. I, I don't either. I think there'll be a lot of threats the, of it. Well, but you'll see all these. Why does your mic go out? You didn't want me to say that. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see all these proxy wars. You know, done in. And these little countries yeah. that seem to have no, you know, like Syria and Libya, right. where you have Russian forces supporting one group, American forces supporting another one, and they're fighting against each other. Right. The big boys won't get involved. They'll let the pawns fight it out. Oh, yeah. And that that's that's where war is going to be now. Right. But like I said, the only way we'd ever use go to war because of these atrocities is similar to what we talked about, about the Assad atrocities having more evidence of... Um, more guilt there than the Nazis did right. in World War II. We're using that. Like the only reason we're addressing that now is because we want to go to war with them over something else. I'm sure right. that's the only well, time we ever address anything like that. But and in the Middle East, I mean, we have something to gain with the oil. Right. That's you know? what I'm saying. But like there's something else there. Right. 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 That we want to go to war for. Yeah. It's it's not Assad. Yeah. Uh, murdering his people because he's supposedly been doing that. For at least ten years now, right. we haven't done I'm, anything. I'm sure it's you know plus twenty years. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. But at least since Obama drew yeah. the line in the sand over the the chemical attacks, right? And all of a sudden, again, it's coming out. It's like, well, maybe we should do something about this, guys. <laughs> what what they do? Just strike another oil oil well, and you're like, right. sounds like these people need freedom. Right. Yeah. It's time yeah. to go. And Especially freedom considering we're not getting oil in our own country anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's probably a big thing. Is <laughs> oh, I'm sure we're, we got to get it from somewhere. <laughs> so we got to start some new wars in the Middle East, boys. Yep. We got to go take over some oil fields. Yep. It looks like Syria's got a couple. In Iran, uh, do we want to do we want to mess with Iran this time? Know. But oh hey, look, Libya's got some. Libya, Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, we are about out of time. Um, like I said, there's all this stuff going on overseas, yeah. and our policies are changing our overseas like foreign policies are yeah. changing drastically or like reverting i guess right. reverting back yeah. to yeah reverting back to the yep um but it's not being covered because right. we have texas. a snowstorm in texas yeah we have wind and energy like freezing up and yeah. things like and that crews going on vacation yeah so Bastard. so we got to hear about that instead so yeah. we wanted to skip that for today yeah and we're planning to dig onto that for the main episode but yeah. 
this is stuff that we should know about. We should right. know that a John Hopkins doctor says that we should breach herd immunity because, right. I mean, how hard is it for somebody of power to say, nope, we got we to gotta yeah. stay. This, I mean, this is the new normal. Yeah. For the next five years, we got to wear masks, social distance, because coronavirus is here to stay. And how, I mean, how do we even, like, prove that it's not still here to stay right. when, when all the quote-unquote experts are coming out and saying, oh, no, it's this oh. bad here and it's that bad, and there's this new strain and there's that. It's like, how do we but, prove it? I mean, when you got a, a death rate of 0.06%, I mean— it could stick around and nobody would really know. Yeah. I mean, it, people would be like, oh, well, it, it's the flu or, you know, it goes uh. back to the normal things that people die from. Right, right, and, right, right. And nobody would question it. Yeah. I mean, there's that. There's uh, the whole um, stuff in Syria, stuff yeah. in Libya, stuff in you China, got, yeah. all you, over the place. And we're not talking about Biden expanding it. stuff out and... And the Republican Party splitting <laughs> off. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, so and, there's a lot of shit going on. That's yeah. all I have have to say about that yeah um and we wanted to share it with you yeah because you deserve to know you do deserve to know <laughs> dig into the, some of the stuff i'll post some of these links in the show notes yeah um make sure you get back in here for the main episode on wednesday because we will talk a little bit about the texas snowstorm on wednesday so if you don't know anything about that maybe you'll find a little bit out this this week so yeah. um get back here check us out on social media all over me we facebook Instagram, Twitter, Parlor's back up. It is. I haven't yeah. even checked my Parlor account. Yeah, Parlor is. It, I mean, it's sketchy. It, yeah. It's shoddy. It, like it's, I, I posted a few things on there, and then I've gotten back on, and it's been down. It's been up. So, it's, uh, is it like the new and improved government regulated Parlor? I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet. Guess so. we'll find out. Post something sketch, like really, like I should. <laughs> I should. <laughs> But it, it we are on Parlor still. We're all over. Check out the antinewslive.com, which is um, the new social yes, media platform. I need to get on there. You do. Yes. I've been telling you that for three all weeks. All right, send me a link. I'll get on there. There's a link in every <laughs> single episode that I post to get there. There you go, if, in case you didn't know. <laughs> if you didn't know, the very first, I think it's the very first link after the uh, show notes says, check out antinewslive.com okay. at this link. So if you want to sign up, it's in the show notes, Bill. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. Um, have a great week. We'll check you back here this Wednesday for the main episode. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, on the run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast, and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time, and let us continue to invade your ear holes, and as always, never stop talking.